this is Rhonda Hedges, the host of Humbly Human Podcast. I hope that this will bring you some joy and some laughter into your day. And hopefully the storm that you are facing give you a moment of lightheartedness to face what you have coming before you today or maybe something you've already faced. Enjoy. Good morning or good afternoon whenever you're tuning in to Humbly Human. Today I have a story for you that's a little different, um, a little heavier than the other stories that I've told you about, but still there's a funny in there that you'll get to picture me doing something else crazy in my life. Today I'm going to talk to you about roles and um, as you know that all of us wear different hats. If you've lived longer than two days, you know that in certain situations, you wear one hat. In another situation, you wear this hat. So today, that's what um, this podcast is going to focus on. What is your role in life? I often thought that my role was defined by my occupation. And that makes me giggle today. Because I really think that's an immature mindset, mature way of thinking. Our lives are so much more than what we are professionally. If you think about it, Many people introduce themselves at their occupation. Hi, I'm Bob, and I'm the CEO of blah, blah, blah. I recently had a long conversation with a dear friend, and that we were given talking about our gifts and talents that God has given us. I truly believe that we as humans level those positions. Now, due to my time in the field of education, I can only frame it in the educational system. Some people might think that the custodian or the maintenance worker is not as important to a school as the teacher or the principal. Well, I totally disagree, as I have completed the role of teacher and principal, and I assure you that I have no idea how to do maintenance in a school or strip a floor of wax. I assure you that if the lights go out and the school is dirty, you've got major issues far beyond the instruction of children in the classroom. I truly believe that every role in life is important and so desperately needed. Fortunately, we level worth placed on titles or job, and I think those occupational titles and titles merely scratch the surface of the gifts we are given. In saying that, I feel that an occupation does not always describe our worth or title. Bottom line, in life we have many roles and they change over time. If you don't understand, then reflect on the life of someone that you know that's lived beyond the age of 80. Through the seasons of life, they can tell you countless roles that they have had, hats they've worn, mother, father, provider, church leader, volunteer, friend, advocate, and the list goes on and on. With age, the separation from the occupational title fades and the person's true gifts become apparent. One gift or ability I have been given is the overwhelming desire, or rather say compulsion, to fix problems. I refer to this as the title of fixer. I've spent my career fixing situations and putting band-aids on what I like to call bleeds. My career trained me in the mindset as a school-level administrator, and it infiltrated into my family life. You throw a problem, and I instinctually start trying to problem-solve a way to come up with a solution. So when my niece was given the diagnosis of cancer, I started working to get answers, organize the family. From the first week of creating a child care schedule with an app 
for who would take care of the newborn and toddler and who was coming at 9, 10, 11, and 12. And so everyone would know organizationally when to be at the house. Now, if you've ever had a family member that becomes ill with a diagnosis like cancer, there is so much to process, to work through. And with a newborn and a toddler, I knew my niece needed this organization. Not to mention the pure shock this was for the entire family. The fixer in me kicked in, and I would chase doctors or run after nurses. The aunt, as I was named around the hospital, became a running joke. <clears throat> My niece and I shared a special bond. She was much like a daughter to me, and as her mother graciously allowed her to, for me to serve as a second mom throughout her life, we were very, very close. My niece was a true joy in my life, and for her, and from her bond with my son like a brother, she truly was more than a niece in my life. I tell you this because as we entered the storm of cancer, without any clue the impact it would have on my family, the title of aunt was funny at first as, I, as an introduction, but as the year of treatment and various hospital stays, the introduction became a title. When the journey began and chemotherapy had started, I had some questions for the doctor. So this often meant following them into the hospital room, from the hospital room into the hallway, or running down the hall after them, or stopping the elevator, putting my foot in the door. One occasion, it meant me leaving work to talk with the doctor. I had told my niece's husband that if the doctor showed up, no matter what time it was, to call me. I worked within 10 minutes drive if I drove 80 miles an hour. So I remember I got the call and I raced to the hospital and I know God was my co-pilot. I hit the parking lot. I'm not even sure if I shut the door and I was running. And of course, I dropped my cell phone. And for a split second, I thought, oh, let the phone stay on the parking lot. But I quickly picked it up and sprinted to the fifth floor, taking stairs two at a time. Now, I know people in that parking lot and that hospital lobby thought I was on fire. When I raced down the hallway toward the nurse's station, I remember that when I reached the desk, I fell across it saying through labored breath, I need the doctor, doctor, doctor. I remember a nurse sat me down and she yelled for someone to get me some water. I remember grabbing her arm and saying, no, 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 I need the doctor and saying his name through labored breaths. can imagine the pale white face of an out of shape middle-aged woman that had just ran up five flights of stairs. The dear nurse assured me that he had just stepped into a room with a patient and they would get him for me. Well, after I spoke to the doctor and got some questions answered, I walked into the room with my niece and her husband and they both looked at me and bursted out laughing. I said, what? They had watched me from the window and saw me drop my phone and they said they knew I had second guessed picking it up. As the sweat covered my body and I was sure my hair was all over my head because as you see, I've been blessed with some hair that my grandmother said it was ought to have been hair in our family, ought to have been on a horse's rear end. But that's what the aunt does. That's what I told those kids. You know, the aunt runs across the parking lot like a crazy person. I too laughed and we all, in the midst of IVs and machines, laughed hysterically at how I would break the speed barrier and almost die of a heart attack to get to that doctor. I collapsed in the chair and I regained my composure and I still remember my niece laughing at me. That was just the beginning of the journey and yet it did not surprise me because I'm a fixer by nature. However, what happens when you can't fix the problem? Stop the storm. 
and you are forced to ride the horrible wave that you know will consume you. The problem with the wave was that when it came down, it was bound to crush us. I share this crazy visual of me running to fix a problem that was not able to be fixed. And I did countless crazy things like this over that year. But in the end, it was not the ending we wanted. See, there are storms that leave a path of destruction that no matter what we do as humans, the, the outcome is out of our control. I will tell you this is hard for us fixers to accept. Whether you're the fixer or you live with a fixer or you have an aunt like me that is a fixer in the family, please know that we struggle long after the calm comes from the storm. They rethink their shoulda, coulda, woulda actions. It is so easy to say, I should have, we could have, what if we would have? But we must accept that the story is written. We must accept that even when it does not make sense, the story will not have the ending we choose. We are not the author. Please don't misunderstand this story or think that I'm saying that you should not even try. But I know if you are a true fixer, it wouldn't matter what I would say. We're compelled. We have compulsion. We'll work. We'll try to solve the problem because in the end, we're a fixer. We try to fix things. Just as other people have their roles to play when storms come into our lives. We are not all fixers. We all have a role to play when tragedy strikes. Not everyone can be the one that's assigned as the fixer. But there is the quiet meditator, the nurturer and sometimes those that just cannot do the situation. Those that can't face the situation often upset the fixer, the nurturer. But know that God has given everyone different gifts, and their gifts will come at a later time. I tell you this as I hope that you can smile at my disheveled me running across the parking lot like I was running for my life. I hope that this lets you smile and assures you of your role and the role of others in whatever storm you are facing, knowing that it may not have the outcome that we would like or right, but in the end, God's plan is greater. So if you're a fixer, keep working. If you're a nurturer, keep loving those around you. Whatever your role is, accept that everyone brings something to the storm of life. See, recently, I reflected on a poster or painting that I have in my office. I've had it for many years. It's an old window frame that's been painted, and on it is a heart with the words. They're just really kind of telling of the time and what people go through. God didn't promise days without pain, laughter without sorrow, nor sun without rain. But he did promise strength for the day, comfort for the tears, and light for the way. Now, sweet and kind of cheesy as that is, it's very true. And I hope that you can listen to my story today and know it's a little heavier today, but funny, because we have to, as people that look for joy in life, which I hope that you're working on as I am, as we look for those joy and we laugh through times of sorrow, people will look at you strangely. Not everyone faces situations that way, and many people like to wear their emotions on their face and feel that they're compelled to look as if they're going through something hard. That works, I guess, for some people, but 
often those people don't understand us people that laugh a lot, that make jokes. And it doesn't mean that our life is easier than theirs. It just means that we choose to have joy even when the storm is raging. Because I believe God has given us the ability to understand that we don't author and we don't control that storm. Even as hard as we try, as hard as I tried to make my niece's life easier during her cancer treatments, it didn't mean that I was going to stop the cancer. It didn't mean that I would change the ending to our story as a family. It didn't mean that she wouldn't leave us and we wouldn't grieve her every day. That's just the way the story was written. I don't understand it. I don't think I ever will. But the reality is that's what God wanted and we have to accept that. So I say to you, if you were that person going through a storm, you have a choice. You have a choice to share your testimony through joy or share your testimony through sorrow. It's a choice and you may choose to do the other and that might work for you. But for me, I choose to be happy, to find the humor, to laugh at running across the parking lot as if someone had absolutely chased me, run through a lobby and I know those people looked at me as if I were crazy. Leave work, drive 80 miles an hour. Because you know what? At that time, it made my niece laugh at least. We shared some fun about it. And I did countless things like that over that year while she was sick. And I'm okay with that. Because I look back at, you know what? I tried to bring a little joy in the midst of what we could have cried about every day. So I hope today as you face whatever storm you're facing, because we're all facing something. You may not have the bigger storm right now. But as you know, as I tell you, it's probably on the horizon. So as you prepare for that, or if you're going through a storm, laugh, find the humor in your actions, find joy around you, share that with others, because that testimony will help people understand that you don't have to walk around upset all the time when you're facing darkness. Have a great day. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoyed Humbly Human. Be sure to like and follow so that you'll get more episodes from us coming soon. We'll drop a new episode every week. Have a great day.